episode 60 with my man Carl Sullivan. Carl's a buddy from law school who has been practicing with the Cuyahoga County Prosecutor's Office for about 10 years now and is in charge of the Internet Crimes Against Children, uh, his prime focus for the past four years. Fascinating area of the law and uh, keeping bad guys off the streets. It's absolutely incredible what he's doing, him and his team, his office, his, his colleagues, uh, every single day, every single day dealing with the brutal and cold and dark realities of our society. And uh, it was awesome to have him come on and share some of his story, his background, his journey. So really appreciate Carl. And if you're into the criminal law stuff, you will undoubtedly be fascinated like I was by this episode. So as always, without further ado, please welcome my man, Carl Sullivan. The Optimal Life. It's like, good, it's like good old times, man. What's going on? What's new, man? Nothing. How's life treating you? It's good, good. Yeah? Uh, yeah. Got a steady girlfriend. So. Steady? How long is... What is steady? What 18 is, months. In Carl Sullivan's book, what is steady? 18 months. 18 months, man. Yeah. That's a long time. It is a long time. That's so. half a law school. It is. That is... <laughs> Everything that is, is like back out in law school. You got to do it in terms yeah. of... Right? We, we, we've been dating this two and a half L's through three L's. Exactly. Know? Right to the Where'd you guys time. meet? Uh, we actually met down in the flats at... Uh, what was that? It was like a Mardi Gras party. Mm -hmm. So it just happened to meet her. Somebody I met, met before, but uh, which is rare. But uh, we had a lot of mutual friends, so it kind of kind of worked out. And yeah. Then I took her to a Cavs game, and the rest is history. Uh oh. Gotta get those good it, seats. It, it, you know. Was this like this was obvious? Was this like in the uh, was it the season that we won it all? No. So it was last year. Well, not. It was this past year. It was this past year. The last. Dude, the last February. few years have been such a blur for me. I know. Yeah, it's, it's been it, it's yeah, about a crazy. year and a half. The last few years with kids especially, it's been such a blur. Yeah. It's insane. Well, all of a sudden, there. I mean, geez, look how big your Where were you is. for the Cavs when they won the title? Uh, I was at, uh, oh, what was that? It's, a, it's an R.A. bar over on uh, Prospect. Mm -hmm. What is that place called? I don't know. I was with Greg. Prospect? For, um, it's the Not one that Panini's. goes. No, it's the one that goes all the way through. You know what I mean? It's kind of a skinny bar. Oh, yes, I know exactly. Not like the, the Clevelander. Clevelander. No, used yeah. to be the old Boneyard. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Now. It goes all the way. Yeah, yeah. but we, I mean, that you place stream is, out. Oh, you dude, couldn't, yeah, you couldn't insane. move. You couldn't move. It's insane. You know where I was for that yeah, championship? Where were you at? We had just had a two, our baby. Yeah. I was up, literally within like five days, mm -hmm. I was upstairs. Were you really? In my house. Yeah. In my bedroom. Kind of literally. My wife passed out in the bed from exhaustion the baby in the other room and i'm like like tiptoeing through the room as we as we hit that winning shot yeah my brother was at forward with like part, partying with like steep a and everybody yeah, yeah. that's insane and I you're missed, running I outside missed. dancing by yourself like <laughs> i man, couldn't i was like running through the, i was running through the room man it was so crazy yeah um but no man thanks for coming appreciate it yeah appreciate absolutely. it i want to get into uh get into everything you know I would have never thought you would have gone this route when we were in law school. Mm -hmm. I would have never expected this. Well, I was, uh, you know, I was a law clerk there, and uh, instead of uh, studying the best I could, I hung out and uh, treated law school like an extension of college. So um, didn't we? Yeah, a little bit. Can we? Can we talk honestly? Can we op talk openly and honestly <laughs> no, about law school? We no, can't. We can't. No. no first year. Today. First year of law school is fucking. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I met all you guys, and we've been friends since. First year, first year's different. First year's definitely different. Yeah, first year, right? first year. You, well, you know, we were all young too. You know, some of the people yeah. were older, but we were all 
most of us were only a year or two removed from college, so we all got along. We played, remember our uh, flag football team? We played Flag together, football. Dominating all the And how about our basketball? Our basketball yeah. team was pretty tough. Yeah. That yeah, team was we awesome. Showed those, we showed those 19 and 18 year olds. You were, you are, you are our Shaquille O'Neal out there, brother. It was awesome. Just blocking five foot. But yeah, I don't know. First year of law, people always say, "Hey, was law school so brutal?" I say, I had more fun first year of law school. Yeah. Than practically like all my college years. Oh, I know. I, I don't last, know why. I, I don't know why. Well, it was a combination of meeting good people too, and you know, yeah, we were all like minded enough that we still hung out. We were like minded. Yeah, like exactly. going toward a, a common goal, but. Uh, at the same time, just like, okay, it's a new start. It's another chapter. And we were just living it up the first year, especially. Yeah. Coventry. Yeah. I wish my Cleveland. grades would have been better, but, but uh, uh, that was the, that was the issue going to your but house. The, but do the grades. Uh, <laughs> right. Fridays were tough. Yeah. Fridays, Fridays were, were rough. rough. Friday yeah. morning classes didn't work out too well. But, uh, but do grades really matter? Do they really matter in law school? What do you, what's your take? No, on? I, I mean, I remember studying for the bar exam and thinking, man, if I would have, tried this hard all through three years of law school I could have got a much higher GPA yeah. but I mean honestly the stuff you learn in law school just kind of prepares you for how you handle yourself as an attorney but I mean the actual content of you know what you're doing in law school means absolutely nothing you're a blank slate when you start whatever job you're going to do and it's completely different. Can we talk about your – like what I used to watch you do in constitutional law or should okay. we just skip over uh, that? I don't know. It depends. <laughs> I'll, I'll decide whether or not Remember to Remember MySpace? Oh, yeah. MySpace. MySpace was crazy. a killer. You know, it was MySpace funny. was on, like on fire back then. That was it. So my first semester one L, I got like a three eight because I didn't have a computer. And then once really? I got that laptop for uh, second semester, it was all downhill. We and, were on and MySpace. And he's like saying Second Amendment, shit, yeah, no, Fourth yeah. Amendment, and you're going, dude. Yeah, we we were in that we, night, were, we were in that night class, I know. right? Yeah, all we Remember did was that? add songs to our MySpace page. <laughs> our top eight. Yeah, hey, rearranging our top eight. They just picture of us. Put it on there. Oh my God, man. Crazy. So, how did you end up getting into the uh, into prosecution? So, like I said, I law clerked there for about three years, and uh, I knew Bill Mason pretty well. I played some sports with them, like softball and stuff. And Bill, Bill was a he, he was a great guy, and he was always a proponent of, you know, you're going to be a trial attorney here. And you know, he it wasn't most of the valedictorians from law school and the people that did extremely well were people that ended up going to like Baker and Jones Day. But he had a philosophy: is he liked people that were like winners you know mm -hmm. he treated that like trial like listen you're gonna put forth your effort he liked guys that were guys and girls that were you know athletes people that knew what it was like to to grind out to work hard and to uh you know try to win because at the end of the day you have a case and you have to argue your case to the best possible mm -hmm. you know way and uh you know obviously you were looking for fairness and justice but you also have to be able to get in front of 12 people be able to talk to them. It's not something where you're sitting behind a desk all day. You're up in the courtroom. You're doing jury trials. You're having pre-trials and negotiating with other attorneys. And you know he wanted people that were that you know had that background. Now you say Bill. He was the Bill Mason was the initial prosecutor. He was that the, hired me. Okay, and yeah. he was the main. What, what do they call that? The district attorney. What well, yeah. I mean, it's it, if you see it on TV sometimes, or different places have districts. Here in Ohio, we have counties. Right. So that's why uh, basically a district attorney equivalent is a Cuyahoga County prosecutor. Okay. So and he's the main. And that, is that an elected position or is it a nominated? How does that work? Yeah, it's elected. So it's it just is. like anything yeah. else. Every four years, you have to uh, run and win. And he won. Uh, I think my first year or first. Six years were under him. He won two terms when mm -hmm. I was in there. And then, um, you know, I worked for him. And you kind of work your way up. You start doing, like, juvenile work. You start doing, like, 
child support. You know, they don't they don't just throw you into murder trials right away. Yeah. And then you work your way up to a general felony. Unit you were doing that in cases. law school. Yeah. Well, no, not in law school. I was just clerking, so I'd be assisting okay. on bigger cases. But I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't a lawyer yet. So it was right. basically research and running around calling witnesses, making sure they show up to trials. Mm-hmm. But then once you once I got uh, the job, you you start you start low and you work your way up. And you know, in general felony, there's there's a lot of us. There's like forty five of us that were in general felony. And then you kind of branch out into specialized units as you get through the system. And for me, I'm like an old man there now. Now, I mean, now you 35, are. 35, I'm an old. What have you been doing this for 10 years now? Yeah, it'll be 10 years in November. Wow. So next is month, that crazy? 10 years, I know. That's scary. I know. That, we've been that is really fucking years. scary, man. I know. I, I, Whenever I think about it, I have such a hard time with that. I know. I'd I don't like know why I that is. I still look like I'm 25. You do. You do. You do big dog. You do big dog. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you've been doing this. Pre- your whole your whole career. Yeah, this is it. This is what I've done. This is it. And so you started off doing what exactly? So I started off at child support. Did that for about two months, and all you do is kind of just basically the deadbeat dads that haven't paid their money. You calculate it. You go in front of a court, and they say, "Here, either pay this or go to jail." But that was quick. Then they move on to juvenile. So you're that's doing- all civil stuff, right? Uh, the child it's not, support. It's- it, it, it feels that way, but in a sense, you can still be prosecuted for you not can paying be. child support. Yes. Wow! So it is a crime. Uh, mostly low-level stuff, but if you get to a certain amount, there are felony child cri- or criminal non-support cases. Uh huh. So um, that's but, interesting. Yeah. So it was just that was real quick, but nothing and, that you wanted to do, obviously. Yeah, and I mean, some stuff. people make a living out of that, but mm-hmm. you know, I knew I wanted to be. You're not going to have trials. You're not going to have jury trials in front of that. And you kind of work your way up to juvenile court, where then you're prosecuting juveniles. It's kind of lower risk. You know, it's not. It's more rehabilitation for that, but you know, if they want to go to trial, the, the kids with kids have an attorney, you prosecute, and that's kind of where you learn how to be in a trial. You know, most of them are just bench trials to a magistrate or a judge. Great, great though practice. Oh, yeah, great I had 30, 40 practice. trials in eight months over there. Just anything, and the juvenile stuff's misdemeanors and felonies. So I do anything from a disorderly conduct to an aggravated robbery with gun specs. You know, so it was serious, but it's also for most of the stuff, 90% of the stuff there. You're not trying to whack the kids, you know. You're trying to rehabilitate them, and you know, let them learn that this was a mistake. So, what are you trying to get? What are you trying to get out of those trials? Well, you're still trying to get convictions, but that's still more like a civil matter as well, because it's not an actual criminal conviction. It's a what's called a delinquency. Mm-hmm. So they're found delinquent, which means you know they've committed this crime, but you know it's not it's not as serious as committing a crime when you're an adult. So these kids are like what, 13, 15? Oh, I mean, somewhere, yeah, as young as ten or eleven, all the way really? up to seventeen. You know, and Uh some were real bad. I mean, you know, we have a problem right now. If you see, I mean, turn on the news. I mean, the majority of these carjackings gone bad and people being robbed in Tremont, West 25th. Most of the people they're doing it are the kids. Mm -hmm. And my current boss, uh, Michael Malley, who's the elected prosecutor now, is really focused on trying to curb that. I mean, it's it's become a real problem. And the kids feel like they can get away with it. So some of these these bad kids are the ones out there committing Commit, these crimes. Like what kind of crimes? I mean, murder. Everything. I mean, all the way robbery, up, All the way, way around. Really? Uh, wow. I'm not in that realm anymore of doing it. But I know we as an office are making a, a big stance on it. Because, you know, they the kids, I feel like, have no regard. They don't understand what their, their actions. So they're grabbing guns from the street and shooting people. They're going out to houses in Westlake and robbing them. Um, and, you know, I mean. There was what do you more, attribute that to, though? I mean, it's it's a lot of things. I mean, social, atmosphere, education. I mean, but at the end of the day, you got to prosecute them for it. You can't have yeah, these course. kids out on the street causing the problem. So, you mm-hmm. know, uh, sometimes if a kid is 16 or 17, 
will bind them over to adult court, uh, sometimes even younger, depending on the crime and uh, certain aspects. But, you know, we'll treat them like adults. I mean, if you murder someone and you're 17, we try to bind you over to adult court and treat you like a, an adult criminal. Because can you be can you be punished as an adult at seventeen? Yes, in certain depending on the yeah, you circumstances. Yep. Can you get uh, the death penalty at seventeen? No, you no. can't. No, the death penalty. Uh, juveniles don't get the death penalty. I don't know if you remember uh, that T.J. Lane case, the, mm -hmm. the kid uh, oh, out geez. in charge. Yeah. Uh, you know, he got a bunch of years in, in prison and was treated as an adult, but you can't get the death penalty. But you can get life. Uh, yeah, you can get life. I mean, the way they do it, though, it's not like a life sentence. They just stack it up till they stagger until you're, yeah. years and then, until yeah, you're 100 and yeah. you get out and you've got like a week left if you're lucky. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Wow, man. That's crazy. So that That's, was something else like, in our office. Do you feel like the, the, the crimes, do you feel like with the social media technology just evolution, do you feel that it's gotten worse with the juvenile? I mean, I guess, does it gotten worse in, in general and by default with the juveniles? Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, especially if, you know, I don't know if you remember last year, they had all those mobs at the IX Center. Well, how do you think those formed? Oh, those flash, so they, yeah, like flash, it was like a flash mob. But it wasn't a flash mob. It was people going out and hundreds of people fighting each other. You mm -hmm. know, those things don't form if you don't have an avenue to get to that. Well, what, how did that start? Just on like just some one fight kid Facebook saying, and shit? Yeah, and this just... kid's here. Bring 100 people. Let's fight. And boom, really? It's there in seconds. And then they're fighting through, uh, just punching random people at yeah. IX Center. Yep. Yeah. People walking through there with their little kids and families. Yeah. Did you guys prosecute a lot of them? I mean, we, we did what we could. I mean, it's tough when there's hundreds of them. Yeah. There, so there was only probably so many police at the IX Center at the time it happened. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, we did arrest some of them for any sort of crimes that were committed. Now, if those people... Is that Cuyahoga County? Yeah. That is. The IX Center is Cuyahoga. Yeah, so Cuyahoga goes all the way down to Strongsville, North Royalton, up to the lake, out to Euclid. So you're prosecuting only activities that are happening in Cuyahoga County. Correct. So if the person committed the crime was doing it at uh, the IX Center, but lived in Trumbull County, uh, you're prosecuting them. Yeah, it's where the crime the, occurs. Versus the Trumbull County prosecution. Yeah. Where yeah. the crime occurs, not where the individual lives. Got it. So anything that occurs in our county is our jurisdiction, and we get our cases from local law enforcement, whoever it is. You must be a busy just, man. We are very, are you, very Is there ever busy. a dull moment at no. work? It can't be. And there's always something new. You, you never, it can't you, be a dull moment. You, you think you've never seen something, and then you'll see it. <laughs> So. so you were doing uh, okay. So you started off doing the the child support stuff, mm -hmm. small, boring kind of stuff. Uh, then you moved on to juvie. Then what? What from there? So then, uh, basically, you know, I mean, we have four hundred and seventy employees in our office, probably two hundred so attorneys. Mm -hmm. So you kind of work your way up. Uh, you, you move up to what's called general felony, which is all the adult felony cases, and that ranges from low level drug possession to aggravated robbery. Um, which is usually robbery with gun, knife, bat, whatever it is, to attempted murder. Those are the cases you'd handle when you come downtown. Uh, How many years was this into your career? At this oh, point? I was I was downtown in a year. Two, okay. Yeah, so I was there quick. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, it just depends on the nature of turnover and people heading out, getting new jobs, or people getting hired. But uh, I was in general felony for about four years. Okay. And then that then that span, I tried. Probably 80 trials, 60 jury trials in four years. Really? Yeah. So you learn fast. They put you in, and you got to know what you're doing, and you just learn from the better ones and the older ones that have been doing it for a while. So you were seeing it all at this point? Yeah. So once you're right a general felony, it. you're That's doing it. everything, and you're jumping on the bigger cases with the more experienced prosecutors, 
jumping on murder cases, rape cases, to try to learn too. How, how long are you preparing? Because so, you have so many cases in front of you, right? Just every day. Every day preparing. You get a new case, first thing you do, look at it. Make sure the indictment's done correct because uh, in, in those units, you don't really indict your own cases. We have a separate uh, uh, grand jury process where we have grand jury prosecutors that take them in. So you got to make sure everything was done right, and then you start calling your victims, your officers, and you treat every case that you get like it's going to trial until it's not. So you prepare it like it's going to trial, and then if it pleads out, which How is, many cases are on your desk? At, so at, at that time, when you're in general felony, between about 80 and 100. Mm. Which is a lot. That's crazy. I yeah. mean, there's sometimes you'd have more more than one trial set a day, which is a lot of work, a lot of weekends, a lot of uh, a lot of subpoenas, a lot of preparing, um, and uh, you just gotta you just gotta fight through it. Jesus, judges right. How many trials trial. are you doing in a in a given day? Uh, well, you can only do. I mean, it's like one most right? trials, it's just one, yeah, right? Yeah. But I mean, a trial can take anywhere from a day to three weeks. Right. You know, so it just depends on what kind of case it is. If it's like a theft case, you got two witnesses. So what's the process? What's like the, what's a general you know in business? I, I compare it to business. We have process, procedure, depending on you know enter getting orders and bringing materials in and you know, MRP systems. There's a whole procedure to follow depending on what's going on at, at, a, at a company. What's your guys' process? Like from so, the moment something hits your desk, how does this work? Well, before it even hits our desk, the first thing that's done is the police investigate. So say it's a case. Um, you know, in Cleveland, Cleveland mm -hmm. police investigate. They feel they have enough that they know this is the person that did this crime. Present it to the prosecutor. We indict the case. Um, we say, here's the charges that this individual did. Gets put on my desk, and then I get the case case file with all the police reports, photographs, statements, everything. And you just start working it up. You talk to the witnesses. You make sure everything's consistent with what was said. Um, you make sure that there's no glaring weaknesses and if there's exculpatory evidence, which is evidence tending to show that the suspect maybe isn't guilty, you gotta turn that over to defense counsel. You know, we compare ourselves, we're not only an open book when it comes to that, but we're also kind of the white knight. Like our job is to just put everything out there and let the jury or the judge decide what happened. They're mm -hmm. the ones that decide whether you're guilty or not guilty. So we don't hide anything. We're you know, sometimes, you know, defense attorney's job is to represent their client to the best of their capabilities. Our job is to present the fairest case and put it out. But a lot table. of times defense attorneys feel that prosecutors are not doing that. And they're doing, they're trying to just win. They're trying to get another notch in the belt. You hear this all the time. Yeah. I've had defense attorneys on this that have said the same thing. I had this girl that I went to, we used to be a camp counselor. She's in Atlanta. Uh, she's a criminal defense attorney representing murder, uh, people accused of murder. And you can just hear it in her voice. She feels that there's a lot, at least in her jurisdiction, mm -hmm. there's a lot of prosecutors that are just trying to win. Yeah, and you see stories like that on the news. You hear about that. But my reputation and my law license is more important to me than any one case. Um, you know, I'm not going to hide anything or, or be that type of attorney that's like that. I mean, it's like any, it's like any other business. There's some bad apples here or there, but that's not, that's not how I roll. Right. So, so you guys are basically just doing a review of all the evidence well, when, at first. The, at the first. file, the file at yeah. first. Yeah, you take a look at the file, uh, you see what you got, you talk to How long? How long does this take usually? Well, it depends on the courtroom. Some courtrooms set trials within a couple months. Some, you know, it's a lot longer, but also there's certain rights criminals have. You know, now we're getting into, mm -hmm. you have speedy trial. You have 90 days to bring something to trial if the defendant's in jail. 
270 if they're out of jail. So that really? factors into it too. So that will set kind of your priorities depending on what? Well, yeah, it sets the priority for the courtroom because mm -hmm. I mean, it's not so much, you, you don't do the scheduling, you know, you talk to the defense attorney, meet with the judge or the bailiff and they say, here's the date it's set for trial. This is the date we're going in. So, um, you know, obviously if you got a vacation or something, you're not going to set something that day, but um, you, you know, you kind of set it and schedule with the court. The court's the one that makes the ultimate Because you have decision. 80 files on your desk at a given point. Like, how do you prioritize that? I mean, you just... Yeah, prioritize which ones are coming first. You That's know? what it comes down yeah. to, right? It comes down to where is the most likely to be a trial yeah. first. Yeah, and you got and you learn that. You, you learn, learn that, that real quick. You start filling it up. Yeah. You, you learn when the defendant's on video admitting to the crime, it's probably one that's not going to go to trial. Right. You know? We can put this one to the back. Yeah, of the yeah. Back this, one, of the this one made me go to the back. This is a settlement. Uh, yeah. 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 How so. many cases do you feel that you're prosecuting versus, what, as a percentage, versus what's hitting your desk? How much are you ultimately going to trial? Um, I'd say about 5%. It is it's small low. still. It's very yeah. low. I mean, when I was in general felony, I think the one year I handled 330 cases. Mm -hmm. And I think I went to trial 15 to 18 times, something like that. Um, and then let out the majority of them and, you know, I think I remember there was one that the guy, I don't think that we don't think the guy did it and they got the wrong guy and we dismissed it. Really? So, yeah. yeah. So there were, there will be those times yeah, where. Yeah, but it, I, I think it's, I think it's more, I think people say it's a lot more than it is, you know, that the oh, wrong truly accused, innocent. The wrong fool. It happens. I it mean, don't happen. get me wrong, but yeah. I've seen it firsthand and it doesn't happen as much as everybody thinks. How many times have you dismissed a case in 10 years? Or have you dismissed a case because you feel like somebody's been wrongfully accused? Yeah, I mean, so the one thing, just so our process is a little different, you know, when you're a newer prosecutor, you're not willy-nilly dismissing cases or stuff. Yeah. We do have a chain of command, supervisors you go talk to that have done this for a while that can say, all right, we're going to do this, you're going to dismiss this. Um, so, but I mean, I, I mean, over 10 for sure. Yeah. I mean, it happens, but that's the, that's our job. It's a though, small you know? number though. It's like it's once a, a year maybe. Or and there's times like you're going to go to trial and lose. The evidence isn't strong enough. There was evidence that there was probable cause that this was committed, which is all you need in the grand jury process, that this person committed this crime, that there's probable cause. But then you have to get to that higher threshold of beyond a reasonable doubt in criminal cases when you right. go to trial. And that's a high threshold. It's a high threshold. So sometimes you don't hit it. Sometimes the evidence isn't there and the jury says, no, I don't think you were there. And usually the jury will say that. Listen, you know, it just wasn't enough. That's why we find them not Murder guilty. cases. How many, how many murder cases have you taken on trial? Well, I haven't uh, been specifically in the major trial unit to do murder cases specific or like only, but I've tried about 10 murder trials. So what does that mean that you haven't done it only? So it, it, there's, so like, as I was saying in our office, cause we're, we have so much volume. Mm -hmm. um, when you go from general felony, then you start branching off into specialized units. So in our office, we have specialized units. We have a financial crimes unit. We have my unit, which I'm in now, which is internet crimes against children. We have a child victim section, and then we have a major trial unit that's the murders and rapes, and um, they're all kind of equal. Once you get out of general felony, those specialized units are just kind of whatever track you're going in. You mm -hmm. can bounce around to different ones when you want to, but um, I've tried murder cases, but I haven't specifically just tried murder cases. Some people in my office- That's, that's all they focus on. Yeah. But you have done uh, murder yeah, trials. Yeah, absolutely. Have you lost any? Yeah. You have, yeah. So when you lose a murder trial, um, and because you couldn't break the threshold of beyond a reasonable doubt, I mean, I guess that's what it comes down to, right? Most of the time, yeah. 
Uh, what's that feeling like when you lose and you know that the families are in that courtroom? Yeah, I mean, that's, explain that. That's the toughest part is when you, any, I mean, murder, any rape cases, robbery cases, is that you have to look that victim in the eye and say, hey, the jury didn't think there was enough, enough evidence here. You know, we still feel for the most part that we had the right person and that this is the crime that happened, but then you got to sit them down and, you know. God, that's got to be tough. so fucking brutal, man. It's tough. That's got to be so hard. Yeah, because that's, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're doing the best we can for them, but it's their lives that have been turned upside down. And right. People Your have, lives move on, even yeah. though you probably do carry a piece of it oh, with you forever. Absolutely. But, right? but they're the ones that are going to carry that burden with them the rest of their lives. So you have to look them in the eye and say, hey, it didn't Ooh. work out. But same with the other way. You look same out and both say, ways. hey, yeah. you know, we, we got justice here and we know that this is the person who did it. And when yeah. they're carried off to prison, you know, they kind of feel that relief too. And vice versa uh, on a criminal defense. I mean, if you're really an adamant that your guy's didn't do it or or there was mitigating circumstance you know there's ways to still get the the outcome that you want well and that's why most of the outcome. cases plea you they know? do yeah i mean and they plea for a reason like you know there's a reason that person you know is sitting there maybe saying oh i didn't exactly commit this but i did do something i wrong. did something so, i did know. something i was responsible in a way but yes. not not necessarily what I'm being charged, yeah. potentially. But, I mean, like I said, with all of our cases, we try to get, come up with the best resolution, not only for uh, the victims, but also what's fair and what's just and what happened in this scenario. So that's how I've tried to live over 10 years, and I don't have any regrets you must or absolutely, anything. You must it. love this, man. Yeah, it, I, I mean, it's a great job. Energizing. It, it's, you know, not only is it a career, but also, you know, you affect people's lives. That's what I'm doing now. Every like, single day. I feel like I'm preventing individuals from that would be raping children on the streets. You know, we're stopping that from happening. We're we're kind of cutting. It's it's one of the only units that I'm in now, which we'll get to. I know, but um, where you're 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 stopping a crime from happening. You're stopping that crime by arresting the individual, but you're also preventing what I feel is future crimes. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, an individual that's chatting with what they think is a 14 year old online turns out to be our investigators. In their head, they want to have sex with a 14-year-old. Mm -hmm. So not only are we getting them for that crime, but we're also preventing them from doing that to a real live human. Correct. Um, you know, so it is a fulfilling job. It's difficult and it's strenuous. But so how did you we how did for. you end up getting going this path? What happened? So I was actually in financial crimes. I had been promoted under Tim McGinney uh, to financial crimes, and I was working those cases because uh, I think it kind of helped. You know, I was an accounting major at Carroll. So even though I never went the accounting route uh, and went to law school, um, you know, that background was always still there. So yep. for me to look at bank records and financial statements, that comes natural to me. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody laughed like, oh, God, I can't believe you get a box of bank records like Sullivan will look at it. Ah. Like, wow, you're a total loser. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I am. So I was in that for a while and I, uh, I enjoyed doing that, but it also kind of came easy to me. Mm -hmm. um, I had a great group that I worked with there, uh, which was fun. But then this opportunity came up. We had uh, one individual that was running the ICAC unit, which is the Internet Crimes Against Children uh, unit in the prosecutor's office. He was being promoted to another group, and then the female prosecutor was going to take over. was going on maternity leave. So they really, there's only two prosecutors. They needed somebody to do it. And uh, I told him big, no initially. Big dog stuff. I know. I actually quick. said no. I no, said, I'm like, I don't did want you? this. You're like, this is a little too heavy. I don't want to do this. This is too heavy, yeah. But then they came to me with, an offer I couldn't refuse, yeah. and I, I decided to take it, and it was it was the right decision. I didn't know it at the time, and I thought it was the right decision to say no too. Um, but then I how many years ago was that? Like three, four years ago. Four now? years ago. Four years. Yeah. So I took over, and then uh, the, the the female who came back, she actually went to law school with us. 
She was a year ahead of us. She, mm-hmm. uh, she came over. She was my supervisor then for about two years. Um, and then when she left, she runs the human trafficking unit now that's kind of newly established because that's something, obviously, another part. Another blooming part yeah, of the exactly. law, unfortunately. So she took that over, and yeah. then I took over the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. Dude, I got to tell you, man, what you do is just, thank God there's people that are willing to do it like you. Seriously. Well, I appreciate that. Because I've got kids, and I, I there there's... There's really nothing worse. There's nothing worse, man. Yeah. The people that you're dealing with, these are, these are, I, I don't know where this comes from. Mm-hmm. It's a sick, I mean, I think it's a sickness. It's, yeah, I think, it's, I, I think it's a sickness, but I think it's also, for whatever reason, people are predisposed to liking children, and I don't think it's going to change. Um, you know, you think about the You feel like days. these people can't help it. I feel like they can't help it. Every I, single, now, every single one there, of them? Every single yeah, one? Not every single one, but I think the majority. You know, I've seen a lot of repeat offenders, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, it's pretty wild how the people that are repeat offenders—they just don't stop. They keep There's going. They, they can't. Can they can't help it. They can't help it. Wow. And uh, so, what do you do with somebody like this? I mean, you just can't. You, you, you try to put them away. For them. You put them away for as long as they can, but prison's not going to, right? I mean, it's prison's not going to solve the them. answer. No. But, you, but, but is anything going to solve the answer? Yeah, that's the point. What do you do? You know, just because prison doesn't solve the answer, it doesn't mean you want them on the streets. No, no. You, you don't want them on the streets being in your neighborhoods. You know, I mean, 20 years ago, your parents, well, our parents would be like, hey, stay away from that creepy guy in the park. Well, now that's not the case. They're on social media. They're on the internet. They're talking to your kids through PlayStation 4. And you don't really? even know. Yeah. You, you, you prosecuted these cases. Yes. Yeah. Really? It's all over. And really? that's how the offenders are getting into your lives. It's a lot easier. Uh, you could send out a, a message to 30 kids and hope for the best, and one of them will answer you. And that's what some of these guys do. So you're prosecuting people that have just attempted the act? So how does it... let me tell you about it. So our yeah, unit, please. the Internet Crimes Against Children unit, uh, Bill Mason helped establish it. We were one of the first in the country about 15 years ago. Now they're 61, and they're federally funded uh, through the Office of uh, a Juvenile Federal Program. So we're federally funded. Mm-hmm. There's 61. We're the only one in the state. So we hold the grant for the, the whole Ohio ICAC is based out of Cuyahoga County in our office. And um, we have, it's almost, it's kind of funny, it's almost like a, our own police force too. So we have a task force of 10 investigators uh, that work out at a private location, not in the office. And we do different types of crimes. So we do proactive investigations and reactive. So our proactive investigations are going on. Uh, remember the peer-to-peer networks like we used to use? To... Well, the proactive is like the Chris Hansen stuff. Well, right? that's, uh, I'll get to that. Yeah. But So remember like LimeWire and Mike were not us. LimeWire. But other people would download illegal music. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, what, was the, what was the first one when, we were, when I was Napster? in college? Napster. Yeah. Yes, yes, So yes. Those, those, those types of things are, some of them are peer-to-peer networks. Okay. So people, like I said, not us, obviously, because that would be a crime <laughs> to download exactly. uh, pirate music, you know. Yeah, we, would, go have, we would have never done that. We would never have done that, no, and no. I think we're past the statute of limitations. I think so, yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, they, people use that for that, but now there's another sector. They're using LimeWire to download uh, child pornography. Correct. So okay. it's a sharing network, and it's not it's decentralized. Like Napster, Google, things like that are centralized networks. You send an email. The team at Google knows what you're sending mm-hmm. on these decentralized networks. Uh, there, there's no, there's, there's no, no, there's no oversight. Yeah, yeah. The, so what we do is we go on as a user and we look for individuals that are sharing known child pornography files, and we receive those downloads from that user, oh. and then we find the IP address, find out where they live, 
hit a search warrant on now the house. you're watching these videos you have to we watch have them. to watch the videos yeah. you have immunity to watch them because otherwise it's illegal to watch these videos well right? they're they're illegal period they're illegal but we oh yeah well we do it as but you have to as part of your part yeah. of your uh you know and the investigators have to watch them and make sure they're child porn you can't just say it's not child pornography and you when you say child it. porn it's just under it could be 17 or under Correct. Right. Most of the stuff when it comes to our proactive cases are we prepubescent under 10. Oh, God. Are you so, serious? Yes. And there's a market for it, and it's more prevalent in this county than you think. Really? Yeah. You have uh, a different outlook on life. Uh, uh, yeah, you know. I, you, you, when you go to the grocery store, you're, yeah, yeah, you're kind of checking gonna... people out here. Like, hey, yeah, hey, this you, guy. You might be in my courtroom here yeah, one day, brother. <laughs> <laughs> How can you not? Yeah, I mean, How you, you, you just... You, you, Changes you, your... You get a Thought little process. jaded. You get it. You have to. You get a little jaded. But right? I was always, I always Jesus. felt like I was more street smart than the most most people. Anyways. Oh man, that's but, so okay. So you. So we do that, and then we'll we'll find out the individual who's sharing that. Usually, we go in, we get the search warrant, we get the computer, and they got thousands of files, thousands of files, um, and we prosecute them for that. And then the other stuff, like you said, the Chris Hansen stuff, which is. Uh, what we do a lot of is um, we have undercover profiles. Our investigators pretend they're children, and they uh, find individuals that are looking to have sex with children. And now that's different. That's usually twelve to fifteen age range. Um, but that's we, like the like what we used to see on To Catch a Predator. Yeah, that's basically. Same what we do. I mean, you know what's funny? When we were in law school, we used to joke about. Remember, mm -hmm. we used to watch that shit all the time. I remember watching that show. We used yeah. to watch that shit all Chris the time. Chris Hansen would walk Chris out Hansen. in the kitchen like, "What are you doing here?" That's his little paperwork. Yeah, hey, why don't you sit down? And make yourself comfortable. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Now I'm the one. <laughs> the what are you guy. doing here? <laughs> but you're not really walking out. Are you the guy? So uh, no, not specifically right. like that. But my investigators, you know, we just did a big. You guys did that huge thing. Was in Parma, Brook Park, Newburgh Heights, Newburgh Heights, and we got great. Great, great support. That was this summer. Yeah, it was in May. It was right after Memorial Day. Okay. And my boss, uh, who just, he's ahead of the game on this stuff, you know, Mike uh, O'Malley, he saw it coming and he was like, this is a great idea. It was kind of the brainchild of my uh, lead investigator. Mm -hmm. And he had done a couple before. So we got the Secret Service, FBI, Homeland Security, Newburgh Heights Police Department all together. We got a house that was set to be demolished. It was a four unit apartment complex. Mm -hmm. This thing was great too because. We broke down each complex. One was a takedown room. One was a room where all of our investigators just chatted on social media the whole time. Cell phones, computers, just chatting. And we got 22 guys in four days to show up to this house that thought they were having sex with kids. Wow. We took them down right when they walked in the door. Same, same thing. kind of thing. Arrested them. Did you guys do the same thing where you'd have somebody come out and act like it was We like... did have some staged uh, yeah. females mostly. Uh, there were some males as well that were the guys that were interested in boys um, where we'd have them wave from the window. Uh, really? Employees of our office that looked younger. Uh, yeah, but that's how we did oh, it. Oh, jeez. So 22 is that. I think it was the biggest one we've ever done in Ohio. I saw every single face on that plain deal yeah. on the paper. Yep. So we put a lot of work into that and. Uh, you know, and now we're just kind of going through. So the now, process. what happens? What what happens to those people? What so happens? they got charged with uh, most of them charged with attempted unlawful sexual conduct. Obviously, it's attempted. Attempt, yeah. Uh, it would have been most yeah. likely. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, some were. I think one was charged with attempted rape because it was for a twelve-year-old. So unlawful sexual conduct is thirteen to fifteen. Anything under that's attempted so rape. So attempted rape is even worse. Well, yeah, a, it's higher, a higher degree. degree. Yeah. Yeah, and then importuning, which is the chatting. Uh, and there's a specific statute out there. They're like, well, it's law enforcement. The statute specifically says you're chatting with a law enforcement officer posing as a child. So uh, we have that. And then some would send uh, naked pictures of themselves. 
Oh. So disseminating men are harmful to juveniles as well. So what what are the what kind of sentences in general are these people facing? So the problem is with those is uh, you know in federal in federal court you're looking at a minimum of five years for something like that, but in our court it's kind of a lower standard. You know it's just their lower level felonies. Attempted unlawfuls are usually F fours or F fives. So you're looking at six to twelve, six to eighteen months in prison. That's it. Yeah, I've actually uh, with the help of my boss, uh, I've been working with two congressmen down in Ohio to Ohio congressmen to change the law and importuning to make it a mandatory sentence. Uh, we had a House bill out there and I did some proponent testimony down in Columbus with two representatives that are trying to pass this bill. So uh, we tried to, tried to be an intricate part of passing this law that says, hey, we know it's a low-level felony, let's make it mandatory prison for doing this. So we haven't gotten it passed yet, but they're, they're still making it, making it way through Like When you talk to these guys, do you ever have a one-on-one interaction with them? Or well, no, I mean, I don't, because I'm the don't. prosecutor. I can't yeah. insert myself in the case that way. But, I mean, I'm very much aware of what's going on with my investigators, and mm-hmm. they do it. I mean, they've been doing it for so long. Dave Frateri, who's our lead investigator, I mean, he's one of the best. What do the these guys the say? They just, they just, they always... They play like a little bit of like a, the victim card themselves, don't they? Uh, well, no, they'll just say, "Oh, I wasn't actually going to have sex with her." I, I just have the, the six pack of Mike's hard. Yeah, that, the condos, the handcuffs. The, the, the they condos. do. They do. They have they it. Show up. They, they do. show up with it. It's no different than what we saw on, on To Catch a Predator. No, it's, it's the not. Exact it's exactly the same, same thing. thing. Yeah, man, I don't know what you do with these kind of people because, like you said, I would imagine nine ninety percent plus are going to be repeat offenders. Yeah, it's usually not that high. Um, I think if you catch them young, you know, some of the guys we got are 22, 23. Maybe you can stem that. Okay. But, I mean, for instance, we just did – I just did an interview with uh, Ed Gallick on Fox 8, and mm-hmm. you should watch it. It was on Wednesday. Okay. One of our guys pled guilty. Uh, one had, of your guys, meaning one of the I guys that you 22. caught. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, he pled guilty, and uh, he pled the, the high count, which was uh, F3 attempted unlawful. The reason it was higher is because he had a prior. He had raped both of his kids – he had raped his own kids. Correct. Uh, male and a female child. Um, and he had done 12 years in prison for that. He also... His own kids. His own kids. Which is very rare. Usually we don't see that. I mean, you rape your own children, mm-hmm. you will rape anything that walks planet Earth. Correct. Wow. He was also the first man... Wow. Con- or first man convicted of having sex with a dog in Ohio. He was caught having sex with a dog uh, after he got out of prison for that rape. Then he gets caught up in our sting three months later after he's out of jail. So, you know, I mean, what you, they're like, what, they said to him, like, what are you doing? He's like, well, you know. I assume the sex with the dog is illegal, too. It is. Yeah, well, no, they just passed the law. So, um, so they, you know, the investigators asked him. And Secret Service, one of our Secret Service guys, great, great interviewer. Like, what do you, you know, you come to have sex with a 14-year-old, what are we going to do? Well, you know, whatever. That was and, it, I huh? mean, yeah. So the judge, the judge whacked him. Gave him three years on our case. Added his four years he still had left on parole to serve. So he got seven years in prison. Um, and I mean, that's just for one. But in seven years, this person will be back. Yeah. out on the street again. Yep. And that's so, why I think that was the story too that yeah. uh, Fox Eight did was just like, listen, this guy's literally in your neighborhood, and within three months of being out of jail, he's back on the streets trying to have sex with kids again. So, I mean, we see that. We do see the repeat offender, and that's an individual that needs to be in prison. So, right. I mean, he needs to be there. And So are you trying to push with the like harsher sentences? Is that what you guys are pushing? Or? I mean, we're trying to, but we also know that it is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think most of this stuff was around 20 years ago. So when the laws were written however long ago, we're trying to fit. we got to catch up to that. Yeah, right? we're trying to catch up to it. It's a slow process, but I'm not going to blame anybody in Columbus for that. But, ah. Yeah. You know. 
lot, but it is a slow process, and uh, you know, we'll get there. Here, use this bad boy here. Yeah. Uh, man, that is just absolutely, absolutely insane that this is the type of stuff that you do every single day, every day for four years now. Yeah. You got to be completely numb to this. Yeah. You're numb. Well, I can tell. And the other thing is, uh, you know, I didn't get to some of the reactive stuff we do too, which is not generating our own cases. I don't know if you saw that last year there was that missing Brooklyn girl that disappeared. She was like 15, found her in Missouri somewhere. So we jump on that. People call, hey, we got what's called a cyber tip. Like, uh -huh. hey, somebody in the neighborhood's doing this. So we have to drop whatever we're doing yeah. if somebody goes missing or there's another issue. And then we assist using the, the social media aspect to track them down. We serve warrants on Facebook, Snapchat, whatever it is to try to find, you know, missing children or if there's a threat in the household or a threat from a predator, you know, we jump into action doing that as well. So, I mean, it's kind of all tiered and, you know, I'll tell you what, I thought I knew the internet when I was young. <laughs> now, that, oh, thank God you had a little bit of that MySpace. Yeah, I know, I know. I, went out, I, think I, I, think, I think during my interview when I was like, well, you know what I know about MySpace, they were like, all right, this guy's Sign clearly this guy out of date. <laughs> this guy is lost in the woods. Oh, jeez, man. So, Jeez. Wow, I cannot believe that you do this every single day. I cannot believe you do this. How many times a week are you in, are you in court? Like three, four days a week? What is that? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm even for like hearing, like emotions yeah. and stuff. I mean, we have pretrials almost every day. You so do. We're upstairs every day. That's part upstairs of the job. Upstairs is well. You so guys are basically our, there. Yeah, Your office is there, right? Yeah, our office is in the justice center. Makes it so obviously. Courtrooms are upstairs, so that's convenient. Yeah, I mean, it's great. Is that true for every uh, prosecution or not? Yeah, office. I mean, even if you're in juvenile court, you're in the juvenile court building. You know, for us, other counties too, they're pretty much there. Uh, yeah, so close I do enough. a couple special prosecutions too around the state. Myself, mm -hmm. um, I know I'm doing one and doing a, a couple in Erie County right now. I know that it's across the street, the courthouse. You know, some of these it's are all close proximity. Yeah, but they're always yeah. usually pretty close. But for us, it works out because it's in the same building. You know, wow, I don't have to brave man. the Cleveland elements. That's absolutely insane, man absolutely insane that you have to deal with this kind of stuff um do you plan on doing this forever do you ever see yourself going to the other to the other side I mean, what, what, <laughs> what are you gonna say the dark side yeah i know what you're gonna say the dark side well that's where the money's at let's be honest let's yeah. be honest you know yeah, what know. you're doing right now man is admirable because you're not getting paid like the defense most defense attorneys are getting paid but you're doing a service. You're putting in your time, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're you're working for the government. Yeah. No, I mean it's uh, it's a good job, and I've been fortunate enough to be promoted a lot over the last few years. Uh, I think I do a good job, and I think I, it's shown. Uh, but you know, there's always, you know, can you do this forever? I mean, I, there's a shelf life on everything, right? You know, I mean, I think there's a shelf life on the unit I'm in. But um, you know, right now I enjoy what I'm doing. Um, Ten years down the road, you ask me. What question. gives you the most satisfaction? Uh, someone that's that you know is you could just you could just tell by reading a case file that this individual we're glad we caught him, and you know we got him before he did before he raped a kid, and we you know you know what's going to happen. That's the best, times, like nipping into the bud. Yeah, we've of had cases. a couple cases where, um, very and recently too. I mean, I, I say recently because it's obviously been the last four years, but um, we had a case where we were chatting with a guy, and you know we went into the house. He, we, he was trying to have sex with a 14-year-old, and he had kids about that age. And, you know, he's like, well, my kids are like, oh, no, Daddy never touched me. And then he goes to prison, and we find out he was raping the kids the whole time. You know, so it's stuff like that that... Raping his own kids. Yeah. So it's stuff like that where you see it, and you're like, listen, 
we're, we're not on some of these we're not only stopping these guys from doing what they're doing but we're preventing possible future crimes which i think hey there's nothing more admirable than that anybody could go up there and try a try a robbery case after it's happened and put a victim on the stand and say yeah i got robbed and send the guy to prison but you know I, at the end of the day, feel like sometimes that there's a child out there that I've prevented being harmed oh, yeah. because of what we do. We're saving lives, and probably. That, yeah, and yeah. I think that's the most important thing. Can you ever see yourself defending a person in a child pornography case? No, I don't know about that. I mean, could I see myself being a defense attorney? Sure. Right. You know, I have a lot of friends that do it. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's all part of the legal process. I mm -hmm. think people deserve to have rights that they have. And, you know, uh, have competent legal counsel, but I, I don't see myself leaving anytime soon. But do I see myself doing ever, this type of work forever? I don't know that either. I can't. Yeah, say but you, but you yet. probably can't see yourself defending somebody on the other on this other side of the people that you're prosecuting yeah. right now in this exact area of the law. Yeah, that you tough. would stay away from that. Yeah, probably. absolutely. Yeah, that'd be tough to defend that man. Mm -hmm. Be tough to defend that. Well, and it's not only that. It's I know from doing what I'm doing what. What's that person's psyche? You I've know seen too it. much. I, I've seen every... I have to watch the images and videos myself to charge the case. So it's a little different in my unit, as I talked about earlier, with the grand jury process. process. I charge all my own cases. I don't let the. I don't have the grand jury prosecutors do it. I do it myself. Because I have to view the images, the videos. I have to uh, review the search warrants before our investigators go out and hit a house. You know, we are... There's more autonomy in our unit uh, to just run it and... And do what we need to do. We don't rely on many other people in the office. We just do our thing. So, do you find ever find that this kind of? I mean, does this stuff keep you up at night? Not anymore. No. You know, at first it did, but it's just something you get used to, which is really shitty <laughs> to yeah. say. Like you just become yeah. numb to it. But but also, I you know, it's also something that I don't let it seep into my life either. You, you know, know, I go I go out. I you seem like you don't. You seem like you don't at all. But I assume some people do. I'm sure they do. I, I mean, I, I'm sure people, some of your colleagues, uh, I would imagine, are, are prosecutors across the country and, and defense attorneys across the country. I'm sure both sides. Yeah, we've had, we've seen studies where some investigators life. actually kind of got a little weird with it after a while. So. Really? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Where they 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 go like a little Donnie Brasco. <laughs> yeah, they, I don't they, know. They get they a little get, caught up into they the, get a little caught up into the work, <laughs> which I, I don't know how that's possible. Oh. But I don't. Yeah, I mean, you just you just gotta have something more fulfilling in your life than you have to. Yeah, you, you gotta keep it separate, you right? Do, you do. But I think that that's one of those things. Except, except when I'm here tonight, you know, I'm talking about it. But usually I keep it separate. Right. You usually <laughs> don't talk about it. Yeah, so exactly. cool that you get to, So who are you, some of the guys? Are you able to talk about any of the people you work with? Uh, some of your bosses or or other colleagues or you just have a good team? You don't want to name any. Names. Uh, you know, no. I mean, we. So with my team, you know, I have another uh, prosecutor who's in my unit, uh, Jen O'Malley. She's running for for judge at the moment is she okay yeah and i think she'd make a great judge in what she's trying to do she's a good worker and she's awesome at this job um and then we have a team of investigators like i said dave for terry who's a he's the commander but he's the commander for the whole state um and he does a great job just organizing everything that comes in we have 360 affiliates across the state of ohio that we train we work with i teach classes not only to law enforcement but we go out in the schools, we talked to parents, to kids, and every really? every jurisdiction you could think of. Last year, I was out in East Lake giving presentation to students, talking about internet crime. Yep, I mean we yeah. run a juvenile diversion program for sexting, um, where we try to get the kids like, hey, stop sending these pictures to each other, or you turn eighteen, yeah. you're going to be a sex offender. Is that right? Yeah. 
So we like teach for that example, plan. what's the what's the what's the main message? The main message is, hey, I know what you're doing. They're, it's all sexting stuff for the most part. But it's a, but if a, if a kid that's 16 mm-hmm. sends a uh, a picture of his genitals yeah. to somebody, yeah, it's a crime. Yeah, at 16. Yeah, yeah. Really, he sends it to a 15 year old girl. Same thing, disseminating. Just charges as a juvenile. Obviously, we charge. But what about? Oh, but if it's adult to adult, it's not. Obviously. Well, no, no, that's different. I mean, there are some charges like that, like pandering obscenity, like. For instance, but that's not what you're focused on. No, yeah. I mean, I, I get those questions. I field those and try to assist other prosecutors with those. Like, you know, a estranged wife gets mad at husband and yeah, I mean, <laughs> tells all of his coworkers. But things, you know, like but, nowadays, you see all these people texting each other, all this crazy shit, oh, right? It's, it's insane. It's, it's every day. It's every second use of the day. Ten more investigators and two more prosecutors. Oh, that's what we that's do. For, for for that's nothing. Just that's a unit. percentage. That's a yeah. small percentage. Yeah. So if a 16 year old is sending uh, pornographic pictures of himself or herself. When they turn 18, that can be used against them? No. If they do it when they're 18, okay, it could be charged as an adult case. But it could still be charged. But it's still a crime at 16. Yeah, it's still a crime. And wow. we were charging those cases wow. before we kind of came in and started this program. Okay. Uh, my old supervisor, Holly Welsh, who runs the human trafficking unit now, worked with the juvenile court. And she, that once she kind of did it and left. So we kind of took it up, and we've been doing a... A juvenile diversion program obviously it's got to be signed off on it by my boss but uh we've been doing this juvenile diversion program and trying to get these kids that would be charged with but what, what if an 18 for example anyone that's listening what if an 18 year old sends a picture of himself uh pornographic genital picture to uh to a 14 year old girl yes what so, happened what now what now, uh, what, is, now what is he facing now what is he facing juveniles whether it be a misdemeanor or a felony he could be charged with a crime and it could be a felony. Yeah, it could be. If uh, we had, we've had this a bunch of times where you got a senior who's eighteen, and you have no choice because you know the guy didn't really mean anything by it, besides trying to be cute with his fr- this freshman girl in high school. Yeah, well, th- right? yeah, tell that to the freshman girl's mom and dad that call you. Well, that's say, true. Hey, right? yeah. Okay. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. he's just trying to be cute. I, I, I agree Mr. with you. Smith. No. I agree with you, but a lot of these kids aren't thinking like no. that. No, and that's why we got to go out in the community and, and let them know, and that's what we do. Wow, we're out there. We have public relations people to go out, uh, the prosecutors, the investigators, we all go out and talk to the kids. What if somebody gets a uh, pornographic, child pornographic video on their computer somehow mm-hmm. without that they didn't mean to get? They open up a file, someone sends them an email, it's uh, one of these phishing emails or whatever, yeah. right? I'm sure that happens. Uh, it does. There are some um, uh, viruses out there that have it. There's a, there's a, a couple that we know about and we're aware. Um, but I mean, honestly, I you know I have this issue come up like, oh my gosh, I got this picture, I don't know what to do. If you just go to law it. enforcement, just no, because you don't want to say that, just delete it. I mean, okay. if you go to law enforcement, you know who sent it to you, you know, we're, I'm not going to charge you because right. you got this. You know, if you if you're someone who's like, oh my god, I got this picture, and I find out about it, I'm not going to charge them it's, with it's a crime. The intent. I'm going to say, hey, yeah, your intent, yeah, you're, you you got to commit that that knowledge that with knowledge has to be there that you're trying to commit this crime. Mm-hmm. Somebody gets something accidentally, you know, we go out of our way to make sure we get the right people. But what do you suggest they do then? Then they they call they call our office. Call the call, call the prosecutor's Ohio office. ICAC, no, call the Ohio ICAC, and we'll go out and and take, we'll care, take care of it. it. Yeah, we're not going to. I have this pop up a lot. Like, well, I, I, I assume a lot of people do, do, right? And then they what get nervous, do? and they yeah. looked at it, and then they get, they feel. Well, you don't guilty. want to tell somebody to delete evidence, though, either. So you know? don't so delete we, it. Yeah, don't delete it. Um, call somebody, let them know you have it, because it could get a lot worse. Right. If you go delete it, then somebody's like, "Oh, well, they had it and deleted it." Right. And then you look even more. You look guilty. guilty. You look yeah, guilty you even if you weren't didn't right. want to be guilty. It's a complicated area of the law. There's no doubt. 
there's no doubt, especially with the internet. It's, and it's I mean, new. that's the whole it's, thing. It's, it's a new. whole new niche. It's too new. It's so new. Yeah. It's a new niche, and it's something a lot of people don't have experience doing. Um, and uh, you can see that. You know, some people. Where don't do you see it. that? Where do you see this area of the law in twenty no, thirty years be, from now? It's going to be insane. You're, you're going to need a, a million more prosecutors. We are. We are. It's just getting because if you're into this type of activity, you're going to find a way to do it, and it's just going to get more sophisticated. And we have to keep up with the times as well and tracking individuals that are in wow. this. Wow, this is very complicated. Yeah, and it's tough too with the kids because the sexting's out of control. You know, is sexting illegal though? So like yeah. se- sending a like even a, a with words only? Well, that's not yeah, really. Yeah, but the se- yeah, but. But you're it's, talking about like images, images and yeah. images and video and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. you know, you send one to your boyfriend, yeah. and what I the phone calls I get all the time are, "Oh, well, I broke up with my boyfriend, and let me guess, he sent it to the whole school." Yes, okay. Well, really? what do you do there? You know, you can't let the kid get away with sending. He sent a picture image. of her to the whole school. Yeah, yeah, that happens yeah. all the time. Oh Jesus! So. I know we didn't have that technology. Remember, I got my Dude. first Nokia phone when I was a senior <laughs> in high school. Jesus. It's a T9. You had this is a 20 minutes to fascinating, take. fascinating. Because what's it going to look like in 30, 40, 50 years from mm-hmm. now? Yeah. Fascinating. It'll be crazy to look back and find out what it is. Yeah. Crazy to think about what's going on now. Man. Uh, anyone that, uh, anyone that's in, listening that, that wants more information, where do they go for this kind of stuff? You guys have a website? Yeah. So we have a website. It's just OhioICAC.org. ICAC. Um, how do you? ICAC. ICAC stands for Internet Crimes Against Children, but it's OhioICAC.org. Okay, we'll link it up. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, you know, it's it's our unit, but like I said, we're under the umbrella of uh, Michael O'Malley, who's the county prosecutor, and we are just a unit within the office. um, But uh, we're specific to these types of crimes and and these issues. So I mean, the other thing too is it's not all bad. I mean, if you see something going on in your community or you know of something occurring, you can call us and we'll jump into action. You know, like I said, we kind of are a police force within the county prosecutor's office. Not to say we're a police force because that's not accurate, but we're all, all the investigators that work in are way. all yeah. deputized sheriffs. They're all law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can assist you if something bad is happening or you need to, you know, talk about some issue that involves this avenue, you know, call us. That's awesome. So. Hey, brother. Yeah. Well, you might not be in the uh, county prosecutor. I'll go back to this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old? My boss is my boss is a great guy. What's he, the average age? Guy. What's he's the average age of the guy when they when they get uh, elected to county prosecutor? Most of them are what in their forties, fifties? Oh, it just depends. I mean, yeah, yeah, usually. I mean, you. It's just like any other thing. You want someone with experience. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you're running for judge, you want someone that you know has has done the job and is going to be a fair, just person. Yeah. Same with prosecutor. I mean, you want someone that's that's done the job and 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 is is well respected, well renowned not only by colleagues but also defense attorneys, other judges, stuff yeah. like that. So, hey man, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it, buddy. We'll it's be watching you. you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, you got to keep me posted on you. Watch that on, on your next bust. Yeah, I will. Up. I will. Just look for I, Sullivan. I, I assume I assume you'll be doing it soon. <laughs> thanks, brother. Yeah, thank you. Thanks.